goodbye boring sleep tracker app and hello Pokemon Sleep. Nintendo, which has a long history of trying to gamify health like through Wii Sports, is now turning to sleep in its latest app expected later this year. In it, slumber as soundly as Snorlax and you too can become a Pokemon master. This is Pulse Check. I'm Megan Musserly. The Department of Health and Human Services said it's forming new divisions within the Office for Civil Rights to address the growing number of health, information, privacy, and data breaches. The reorganization would bring it in line with other departments, such as the Department of Education's Office for Civil Rights. The Labor and Health and Human Services Departments are setting up an interagency task force to prevent child labor exploitation, and HHS is reviewing how it vets potential sponsors of unaccompanied child migrants. The development comes two days after a New York Times investigation revealed the federal government routinely loses track of children it is supposed to keep safe from trafficking and exploitation. And Chris DeMar is here to talk about our reporting on the burgeoning medical freedom movement, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' role in it, and why GOP state lawmakers are taking note. Hey, Megan. So we've been seeing a lot of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis lately and over the past few years. And you and I have been doing some reporting on this. You know, uh, Governor DeSantis is on a book tour. He's been touring blue states to talk about being tough on crime. But he's also been diving into public health. So can you walk me through what he's been doing? In January, Ron DeSantis launched a campaign called Mm -hmm. Prescribe Freedom. And in that, it outlined a few things that he wanted to do in the state, such as permanently ban businesses from requiring masks and permanently ban schools from requiring COVID vaccination or masks. And there were a few other things that were part of that. He also provides some cover to doctors whose opinions or views sort of go against the scientific consensus and says, you know, if you are not sort of part of the mainstream medical community and have different ideas about, for instance, vaccines, you know, you will be safe to practice in Florida, which was a kind of direct response to a bill that um, Governor Gavin Newsom had introduced in California that was seeking to go after doctors who were seen by medical boards to be involved in spreading misinformation. So this was kind of a new thing for DeSantis and that he was kind of creating this holistic platform that had done really well for him during the pandemic in terms of kind of going against COVID mask mandates and vaccine mandates and making it part of his current agenda, which presumably he's going to be taking into the presidential campaign if if he does, in fact, declare his candidacy. Yeah. So, I mean, watching what DeSantis has been doing in Florida is super, super interesting. But, you know, as you and I have found in our reporting, you know, this is having ripple effects outside of Florida. Um, You know, I've been talking to a lot of Republican state lawmakers who are looking at what DeSantis is doing in Florida, and they really like what they see. You know, of course, I I think it's worth uh, noting that sort of the broader medical freedom movement, especially thinking about some of the, you know, anti-vaccination policies that we've seen, you know, predate COVID. um, But it, it gained, that movement gained a lot of momentum during the pandemic. And DeSantis has really given the medical freedom movement a national platform. And so state lawmakers are looking at this saying, you know, hey, 
Governor DeSantis is really giving cover to our Republican governors, to Republican lawmakers who maybe aren't as inherently on board with the idea of medical freedom to start embracing some of these types of ideas. You know, I've been talking to national organizations that track bills and, you know, there have been hundreds of bills, you know, at least 400 that have been introduced in this vein this session. And one of the things that um, one of the state lawmakers I was talking to pointed out is she was like, you know, there are a lot of us who supported medical freedom even before COVID, but now you're seeing it come up more in committee hearings and conversations. They're sort of thinking through some of the implications of these policies more broadly. And DeSantis has really played an important role in sort of shaping the national conversation on this issue. So basically this like medical freedom as a kind of philosophy is something that's existed long before the pandemic, but the pandemic really kind of gave it a push. And were, and there were other bills introduced during the pandemic before this legislative session that kind of like echo what we're seeing going on now, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just been, I mean, you and I have both seen, but there's just been, you know, hundreds of bills that have been introduced. I I think the one shift talking to people that is interesting is that a lot of the bills we saw during the pandemic were very like COVID focused. um, And now we're seeing bills that impact public health more broadly. There's a bill in Tennessee that would exempt homeschool students from vaccination requirements. Um, There's bills in six different states that would put the power for setting all vaccination requirements in the hands of the legislature instead of like a state board of health or other state health officials. Um, There's a bill that would allow private citizens in Texas to actually sue over public health disaster declarations. We've really seen this sort of reshaping of public health or an attempt to reshape public health at the state level that's centered more around this sort of you know, libertarian small government approach, which, you know, is is very different from the way that public health is currently being provided in this country. Right. And I think like that kind of feeling of there being this like real alternative that's being presented, you know, and kind of like maybe that's spearheaded or most visible by DeSantis, but is also kind of bubbling up around the country is what kind of got us so interested in this story. I talked to a fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, Brian Miller. He really drew a straight line from the fact that the pandemic happened, that government made a lot of decisions that a lot of Americans just simply did not agree with. And this is a natural impact of that. You know, people are rethinking the role that they want the federal government and federal health officials to play in their lives. And he also made a really interesting point, I thought, which was that the federal government's vision of public health, which has existed, you know, kind of throughout the 20th century, hasn't done a great job at including the perspective of conservative and libertarian perspectives, you know, so they haven't done a great job at figuring out how to integrate both the kind of traditional mission of public health, you know, protecting communities and also kind of like honoring individual choices. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Definitely. And I think it's super interesting because I think there was this sense that like, okay, there's this short-term backlash to, to COVID and maybe it'll it'll fade away. And I think we've seen like the general public broadly maybe turn attention away from COVID. But looking at the quantity of bills that have been introduced this session in state legislatures, like this is something that Republican lawmakers are 
keenly interested in and is having some staying power. The one thing I think that's worth pointing out is that, you know, not all Republicans are on board with these types of policies, looking at the bills that have been introduced in the past and even looking at some of the action that's already been taken on bills that are introduced this session, you know, most of them aren't moving forward. A good example is in South Dakota, there was a bill that would have put the power for setting vaccine requirements in the hands of the legislature. That bill came before a Senate committee. Um, There are six Republicans and one Democrat on the committee they unanimously voted to reject the bill. So I think we've seen that even though there's like growing interest and attention um, in sort of the mainstream Republican Party in a a lot of states, it hasn't necessarily reached a critical mass to sort of get these proposals across the finish line. Right. And I think that that hesitation is also obviously, you know, very acute in the public health community, too, who are seriously worried about the impacts of this this change or this shift, you know, I mean, we already have, you know, childhood routine vaccination rates across the country for kindergartners are down and haven't recovered back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, when you look at Florida, though, the rates of all the kind of routine immunizations for kindergartners have fallen, you know, across every disease, you know, for measles, for polio, for other routine immunizations. So the question from the public health perspective for people who worry about infectious disease is, well, what happens once everybody decides that they're going to rethink the way that we've done immunization for, you know, most of our sort of country's modern history? Are we opening the door for diseases to come in and take over? Exactly. And I know that's something that you and I will be keeping a close eye on, you know, as these bills work their way through state legislatures. But, you know, as this broader conversation around where the medical freedom movement is heading, you know, continues in the the months and years to come. Uh, But thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about all of this today, Krista. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Amund is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Megan Messerly. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting, Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.